If you go to our American South and you ask yourself, how did black and brown people bear the burden of bondage and do labor from what they call Kinsey to Kinsey, from sunup to sundown? How did they do it? They sang their ways through the red dirt in Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama. So they sang their way in hopes of a God. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. It's good to see you, Bishop. Good to see you. Uh, this week was a fun devotion for me because I <laughs> love to sing. All right. <laughs> I love it. So it struck a chord. You reflected on Ephesians and St. Paul's advice for how to live and how not to live. And you said, sing, all of us can sing. And I thought, yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I'm saying that as a person who knows she can sing. Yet I'm sure there are a number of people out there who read that or just heard that and don't believe that. Sure. And I'm wondering if you can speak to their souls right now. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I am uh, no Pavarotti or Marian Anderson <laughs> or, or Bono. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not that guy. You know, I learned a long time ago that, that singing is really a, a matter of the heart more than it is a matter of the vocal cords. Right. And, and, and so what Paul is trying to say is, is that, I mean, something definitely deeper than whistle while you work. Right. He's saying, remember what this lesson is, is about. It's about what to fill yourself up on. Right. And, and, and Paul is talking to a community that he's trying to inspire them to endure. We need some of that right now. How to endure, how to long suffer. We thought we had this COVID thing beat. And now here comes these other chapters and we're not out of the woods uh, not by a long shot. And so, uh, you know, when I think about Paul, I think about Ephesians, I think about endurance, inspiration to endure. How do we do it? What, is the, what are the practices? And he says, sing, sing yourself spiritual songs and hymns and sing unto God. And the truth of the matter is, is that Bono is right, right, of you of two fame, that we give ourselves more to lyrics than we do to anything else. And the people that I know, who, you know, you catch a glimpse of them when they think nobody's watching. Man, they are singing from their toenails, right? They become those words. And that's all Paul is trying to say. You know, he's trying to say, sing. The truth of the matter is, is that in my own spiritual life, I owe more to composers than I do to preachers. Well, and that's a big, that's a big, that is a huge statement right there. Yeah. Uh, Because I'm wondering... Who is your favorite songwriter song or, or what's your favorite song and yeah. and why? And because you have you have quoted some big time preachers. Yeah. Oh, don't <laughs> get, don't get me wrong. I, I love the spoken word. I love the spoken word. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Walter Brueggemann helps us here. Walter Brueggemann talks about the distinction between prose and poetry. Right. And he says that there, there are ideas that cannot be contained in prose adequately. And so we have to have the poets. And he calls the Old Testament prophets, he calls Jesus a poet, right? And so if you go one step further than that, is is that what is therefore more powerful than poetry set to music? 
right? Bob Marley of reggae fame gets a bit of a, a short shrift because we, we know him uh, about marijuana. We know him about his long dreadlocks. But if you listen to his song and you know your Bible, it's almost like he's lifting whole bits of scripture and he's setting them to a really infectious musical beat, right? And so it's poetry to music. It's scripture to music. Uh, and there are countless others. We talked about you too. I mean, I go the whole gamut. I can go from Pavarotti, uh, you know, to uh, Mahalia Jackson to, I mean, I can, to Louis Armstrong. I mean, I can just, you know, to the Allman Brothers. I can go lots of places. It, it's almost like this delicious um, ocean of music that that uh, stirs the soul. Uh, they articulate uh, ideas and things and pain sometimes that you can't articulate, but it's like you're finding a friend. And so this, this music stirs the soul, opens up doors for us. And the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of times in my own devotional life, when scripture didn't speak or the prayer book didn't speak to me or listening to sermons for that matter, or writing them didn't speak to me, I've opened up the hymnal and just sang by myself. What I wish more churches would do is, is that in place of Bible study, sometimes just have a good old-fashioned hymn sing. Have a talented musician be on the ready and then have people call out their favorite hymns and just sing. You can have a revival. I know that we don't use that word in the Episcopal Church much, nearly enough in my opinion. <laughs> but you could have your own mini revival uh, as a group of people, uh, as a committee, or even as a congregation by just singing your way through. Oh, I love that. You just gave me goosebumps and a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got singing, don't worry about a thing. <laughs> you know, some people might call that trite. Uh, but, right? but, but, you know, I, I think that uh, the reason why uh, that song and others continue to sell, I mean, Bob Marley died in 1981. Uh, he continues to be a platinum record seller is, is that somehow the music, speaks to the soul beyond race, beyond gender, beyond national location, beyond language. I found it amazing that people who or don't speak English found a spiritual uplift. And again, Paul is interested on what we're filling ourselves with. Mm -hmm. Augustine, St. Augustine is credited for saying that to sing is to pray twice. Yeah. Got any thoughts on that? Uh, amen to Augustine. <laughs> you know, I'm glad he was paying attention to his mother, Monica, right? Uh, so God bless him. No, I mean, I, I think that is true. I mean, I, I've, as I've said in the devotional, I can tell you in, in discouraged times in my own life and disoriented times in my own life, I was glad that I had my, uh, my iTunes playlist at the ready. And when I wasn't able to sing, uh, I let people sing over me and somehow caught some strength and caught a lift and was filled by that. When I was tempted to fill myself with despair or self-pity, you know, to have someone sing words of praise, uh, right, or words of faith over me, which gives us perspective. So, you know, I used to tell, I think I may have said this before to the, to the, over the podcast, but when I was a, a pastor of a congregation, a rector of a congregation, I used to encourage my congregation to sing. One wise person said that singing in a congregation is an indicator of spiritual health in that congregation. Do they sing or do they mumble together? 
Has singing really been worked on? Has it been encouraged? Right? Have we lifted that up? And, and I say, I, I used to tell this congregation, I, I would invite people, said, you know, please sing today because you never know if the person beside you can't, has had all the song beat out of them this week. And they may need to sit beside somebody who can sing so as to restore their singing. And so, we're, not, we're not talking about can sing as in pretty sing. No. Right. No, 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 not at all. I mean, anybody who knows me over the years know that pretty and singing as it regards me don't go in the same sentence, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and much to some people's chagrin, that has never stopped me, right? <laughs> Amen. Because, Thank God, right? Because I, because I, I do believe that, that um, well, singing again points us to worship, right? I, I would remind people who, who think we're on a bit of a sort of silly tangent here I would remind people that what we're talking about, Paul, what Paul's talking about is grounded in our own book of common prayer. In the burial office, the most somber and sad, perhaps to some office, what do we say towards the end? We make our song at the grave. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And so, so we know we're on the right track when we're commending singing because our own tradition commends singing at the gravesite. Right? Because singing at the gravesite not only voices the pain, but it makes space for the joy. That's right. All right, friends, we're going to be right back with Four People after a short break. This is Four People producer Easton Davis thanking you for listening to Four People. Four People is a space of digital evangelism dedicated to sharing the good news and leadership of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that needs to hear today's episode? Who do you want to hear it? Subscribe to four people and keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. Bishop, before the break, you were talking about uh, how in your discouraging times, a song has come to mind and has like drawn you out of your funk and I'm paraphrasing the <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the I, funk of the music drew the <laughs> funk of the life out of me. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's my question though. Like I, in today's world, and this is this in, in today's time and yeah. the kids these days are yeah, listening yeah. to music. I mean, this is like an age old, you know, mantra, right? Yep. Decades uh, and decades and decades of this. There's a lot of judgment though about singing and songs. And I'm I'm curious if you think, is there a should or a could or a might how we interpret music and is is some singing bad singing? Well, you know, I, I think some I don't know about good and bad. I think some singing is not uh, public singing, right? Paul doesn't say, you know, take the microphone and go to the center of the assembly and, and let her rip. He doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, sing songs and spiritual hymns in your heart to, to God mm. is what he's saying. He's saying, walk around with a song on your heart. Walk around with a song on the tip of your tongue. You know, let that be your spiritual medicine as you go through. And sometimes it's not just about the pain. Sometimes it's a way just to express the gratitude and the joy that we experience. It's not always about the pain. I mean, I thank God for the blues and how the blues give us a lexicon, a vocabulary to talk about my dog done died and my baby done left me and the job don't work out. And, you know, I'm so glad that we have the blues, right? But life is not only blues, right? Life is also joy. 
And so, you know, the truth of the matter is just to talk the joy doesn't quite scratch, scratch the itch, does it? Good morning, Melissa. I'm feeling terribly joyful. You know, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't quite get it, right? I mean, it's cool to start. But, 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 but a lot of times I need to give voice to my joy and it has to go with a beat, right? It has, it's a melody, right? And praise God, it can be a harmony uh, with others who are also in the season of joy. And so we're made to sing. We're made to sing. I mean, you look back at all the civilizations, they had some version of this, right? I, I, you know, if you go back to ancient Egypt, uh, when, you, when you think about how did, uh, did, did men and women build these immense pyramids, what, what kind of sort of economy of labor and effectiveness of labor, if you go back, it was singing involved. If you go to our American South and you ask yourself, how did black and brown people bear the burden of bondage and do labor from what they call Kinsey to Kinsey, from sunup to sundown. How did they do it? They sang their ways through the red dirt in Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama. So they sang their way in hopes of a God who was their companion uh, in testament to a God they've experienced as companion. So singing has gotten us uh, this far in, in faith. And all Paul is saying is, is fill up on that. Notice also what he's saying is that he's like, don't fill up on some other things, right? He said, don't fill up on debauchery. What well, there's a biblical word for you, which just means excess. He's saying, yeah, you can get to the bottom of a bottle if you want to, or whatever your narcotic of choice is. But at the bottom of that process, you won't get the lift you want. You won't get the lift that you want. The lift is found in, by filling up on God. And one way we fill up on God, one way we worship God down to our, as again, down to our kneecaps, right, is in singing. Well, and so when I think of singing, though, I'm always so admirable of people who have memorized their poetry and yeah. songs and hymns. Yeah. I always, when I, when I see oftentimes it's preachers who are, you know, processing or recessing from the church and they don't have a hymnal open but they're mouthing every yep. single, every single verse, not just the first and the last, every single verse. And that takes discipline, I think, unless they're brilliant, which many are. Yeah. But it also, but you know, it also takes, it, it takes being located by that song. Right. So that I, I can sing, you know, uh, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, I will not fear for God has willed God's truth to triumph through us, right? I mean, I, I can say those things and call them up, conjure them up because they mean something to me, right? And so people not only discipline, not only practice because that's a, that's a factor of it, but it's also that verse at that time was where I was, right? And that verse uh, being sung with other brothers and sisters gives me a glimpse of the church, you know, what we call triumphant, the church on the other side, right? The church in that place that we call heaven when we're all together and we're all singing, we're all worshiping God. That's the glimpse we get in Revelation. And so in some ways, singing, filling ourselves with songs and uh, being alongside of other brothers and sisters and singing prepares me, is practice for that time when life will be made up of nothing but worshiping our God alongside a brother and sister, regardless of denomination and gender and orientation, all the silliness, right, that we built walls around. 
Well, you say silliness too. A lot of people will discredit singing as just being flippant. Sure. Sure. Yet it's so grounding for me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's an incredible gift. I mean, it's just what a gift it is. Right. And we're, we're taught to sing from little kids. You know, I, I remember, uh, as a kid, uh, yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but it, we had to sing Nina Simone's to be young, gifted in black, um, which was a really big deal as a kid to be, to be given those words as a fulcrum from life, uh, for life in a place where it was hard to, to see positivity and images and words around being born as a person of color. And so it, it's a gift. Uh, it, it is a tailwind. Um, it's a centering, it's a GPS, right? And uh, so I, I would invite people, create a playlist, right? Create a playlist. Um, I've got series of playlists. Um, and if we created a playlist, maybe we ought to share those playlists with each other. Like who's on your playlist? Maybe before we, we talk in church about, well, what do you do? Uh, we ought to say, you know, tell me some people who are on your playlist. Who, you know, who sings you into joy? You know, who's oh my a musical gosh. Who's this a musical friend for you? Who's a musical friend for you? I Johnny Cass is a friend for me. You know, Hank Williams Jr. is a friend for me. You know, I mean, I just on and on. Martin Luther King, uh, in all his great contribution to this country and to this world, used to have a personal relationship with Mahalia Jackson. And when out of this great PhD's mind, he realized that to continue to hold steady and do the work he needed to do, he needed somebody to sing over him. And he used to call Mahalia Jackson at all hours of the night and morning and say, Mahalia, will you just sing for me? You know, when we had beat the song out of him, he knew somewhere to go to get a song put back in him. And we're the richer for it. And I think that is also true, not only for those sorts of people, but for ourselves. Bishop, it's always so great to be with you. I've got so many great ideas <laughs> from this one. I can't wait to implement them. So, uh, like, you know, but that makes me say something. Friends, if you listen to something and you try something new because of this podcast and you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. We want to hear and we want to hear about your songs and your playlists. Who's <laughs> on your playlist? Come on. <laughs> Bishop, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Uh, friends, thank you for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.